Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Zach from Dashboards. Zach, it's really nice to have you on. Brad, it's actually really great to be here. This is the highlight of my day. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm really excited. So maybe you can just tell everyone listening a bit about who you are, your company, and what you guys are up to. Yeah. So my name is Zach Schweiger. I'm head of sales for Dashworks, and we're really just coming out of stealth right now. And the problem that we're solving is this very ubiquitous problem where I think every company I've ever been at has the same challenge, and that's finding sources, materials, documentation on the fly. And for some reason, we've solved this completely in our everyday lives through Google. If we have a question, we Google it. But when we get to work, we just accept that we need to work through all these laborious or different channels to try to find our answers when really what would be suitable is the same answer that we found for everything, which is to use a search engine. So what Dashworks boils down to is really just a search engine for work. It's really lightweight, easy to set up, that you can ask questions to a natural language and get those answers back in immediate time. Really cool. So you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're taking like every app a typical employee would use in their workday and combining them all together where there's like single place to search. Yeah. So I've been like in the business intelligence space over seven or 10 years. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but everybody's been solving data on the back end. And it's every slide deck I've ever seen has the presentation of where there's so many data sources flying around and like all the arrows connecting to one place. And then that glorious term that everybody uses, which is single source of truth. And we don't really seem to be that much closer to a single source of truth because the second you have a single source of truth and then somebody opens up a new Google doc, you now have a silo and another data source. So the idea is, what does it look like on the front end? That's the user experience. Those are the people who like, we're not using chatbots for Google. We're not using dashboards for Google, right? Like we're simply typing in our question and really never going to the second page to get an answer. And that's the idea. Like, what are you searching for? What do you need at that present moment? And then having a single point of entry rather than a single point of truth where you can collect and get that answer. And it sits in a way that's very intuitive and a natural extension to your life today. Very cool. Let's talk about sales in this space. You know, you mentioned you guys are hyper growth, growing, exciting space. What are the big sales initiatives right now? Like, where did you start? Where are you headed? What does sales look like in this space? Yeah, I think for me, it starts at a very personal level. And this is a little alarmist, but I think the most difficult thing for any salesperson or is to have enough experiences where you learn that the hardest part of the entire job that you're going to have is actually choosing the job. What company do you want to work for? What motivates you? What do you believe in? It's like, there's no other performance industry where you go in and it's, yeah, I'm going to choose a lawyer who thinks like I'm guilty and has got like bad mannerisms or I'm going to go buy a stock even though I think the company is total garbage, I'm gonna hope it goes up. It's like sales is the only one where somebody would like reasonably go out, choose something that doesn't excite them, that they don't believe is the best in the market, and they'll sign up and try to put a workflow behind it. So I've reverse engineered that and said, let me find the most dynamite product I can. Let me find like humble, amazing leadership, and let me do what I know how to do, which is to put an engine behind it. And that's where we connected to Dashworks. And that's where, when I was interviewing with them, I was like, 
look, here's all my interviews. I'm ready to scrap those and just have a conversation on how we can build this. What is a big initiative or what initiatives are we putting into place? I think one is that everybody on board is like fully on board. There's no place that we can't execute right now. And we're also at that stage where every initiative is a big initiative, right? It's like a roulette table. Every place you put a bet, like you're not putting a bet somewhere else. So the best thing that we can do is come up with our best hypothesis. Where do we want to invest? Why do we want to invest there? And then to make sure that it's going to be measurable. Because where I see trouble happen is where people need to reinvent the wheel. They need to overcourse correct rather than just iterate. So we're actually going out there in very much traditional channels in terms of launching marketing, launching some landing pages, defining our ICP, all those great foundational things, but we're bifurcating them and making them measurable so we can understand what's working and follow the breadcrumbs, just like you would almost in the reverse with search. Absolutely. So make sure everyone's on board, figure out the strategy, the messaging, get everything in place. What sorts of tactics, channels, strategies are you most bullish on? I know some folks, it's old school, to pick up the phone and make power dialer calls all day. Others are doing a social selling strategy on LinkedIn. Is there anything that particularly you're really excited about that was like, hey, we're getting this in place first on the list? There were some things that I did that were just ground level. And those are things that I think are like gold standards that you need to be successful in this world, in this role, today, and that you also need to put yourself in a position that if you believe in this product, that you can hockey stick, right? The last thing that you want to be doing as a business is making decisions based on the limitations of your technology rather than what you think is best for the business. So it's boom, let's take care of that. Let's put together an ideal tech stack. Then I'm thinking of this like rule of 3% that has presented itself at Dashworks, right? Like only 3% of the internet is actually searchable. 97% of it lives with organizations kind of behind private walls. And then at the same time, you have 97% of people that are out there are not buying anything today. Regardless of the market environment, market turmoil, whatever you want to think of it as, there's 97% of people in general are not going to buy and that's okay. So it's kind of my job to match up like, what is that 3% of people that are going to buy then recognize that 97% of what they need in their lives at work is unavailable to them and to find like the mutual part where we connect. And that looks like all the things that you've mentioned, right? It is placing those dials. It is reaching out to people. It is upgrading your conversation and understanding the persona that you're speaking to and understanding like when you're speaking to that persona, what is their job? Who do they report to? And what is the overall market environment? And then that's where you start to have just conversations, right? And the idea is that those conversations get good and they get better and better and the people that are sharing the same passions that you're having and you're starting to find what's overlapping and what's working. But there's no, I don't think there's like a silver bullet out there that's going to be like, hey, you're doing a 15 touch sequence. Like you need to go 20 touches and have three more LinkedIn steps in there. It's, if you're doing that, you're missing the big picture. You're not zooming out enough. You're not finding your 3% and 3% and you're kind of where they hit impact. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to look at it. Any market at 3%, those are the buyers, those are the people to really focus on. And I think that's where a lot of folks are running into maybe some challenges right now in terms of connecting with those 3%. And I think, like you said, there's no silver bullet magic wand to get everybody in your pipeline. But you, what would you say is the greatest challenge right now when it comes to hitting up that 3%? And is it finding them? getting the initial meeting set? 
Is it later on the close? Or where are you seeing the greatest challenge right now? I think it's going to be unique to where you are in the business and understanding each stage of your funnel, like what is happening there, why it's happening there, and see if it's working. Because to get to the bottom, everything needs to run its course. And you, your job is basically to remove the blockers. From there, I think like the challenge is like very obvious to everybody, which is oh, like the market's bad or the economy is going down. And the reality is, is also just to double down on what I said before, there, there really is no bad market, right? If you look at like the semiconductor industry it, and you would say, hey, is that a good place or a bad place? People would say it's great, right? There's short supply. You can sell it for whatever you want. The market is eager to have it. But if you're not prepared as a company, then it's a terrible market for you. You have tons of unhappy customers. You're like paying people double overtime to work. You you can't get product out fast enough. So it's really, what did you do and prep to prepare for what you think is going to be right? But if you get on the phone with somebody and they say to you, hey, Zach, I think your product is really great, but I have to let you know we're on a spending freeze. And your answer isn't going to be, great, let me tell you how we work with companies that are currently undergoing a spending freeze. Then like... You that is your problem in the funnel because like you're going to need to address that and pivot your product to address what's happening in the bigger market. Then you can start to focus in on the company level. And then you can start to focus on the persona that supports the mission critical priority of the company level. But you've got to start big and then you can start to figure out where you're getting caught and, and where your blockers are. I like that way of looking at it. Instead of just, oh, okay, see you later. It's, hey, let me tell you how we're working with companies in your position. Then, are there any, obviously spending freeze right now is, I think, top of mind. Are there any other things that you're seeing in the market that are like, okay, like maybe people are no longer responding to emails or something or any other things that you're feeling out that you're making adjustments for? Yeah, like I don't think there's any question. It's getting more and more challenging to reach people or to connect with people. When I started, it was you picked up the phone. In fact, like the first place I started, I was on a trading floor and we had just intercepted the options traders from Bear Stearns. Like Bear Stearns had just come gone under. They came to us. We funded them. And it was this thing where it was the first time I was involved in a sale, like where you had to pick up the phone. And what you said to people, like when they made you an offer, if you didn't want to go forward, you would say, I don't care. And then you would hang up. That was socially acceptable. And that like built a tough skin for me understanding that, okay, like the phone is tough and everything's going to be tough. So then sequences came about and then LinkedIn needs to be put into sequences. And now people found out that you can record memos on LinkedIn if you use your phone, but not like the desktop version. And you can leave people a voice recording, which tends to be a little bit more successful. But the idea is like where you're really going to reach people is if you're intercepting them at the right time and place. And that's not luck. That's you using all the resources that you have out there, including things as simple as like buyer intent to put yourself in the right place at the right time to have the right conversation. Your odds are always going to continuously be lower and harder to connect with people. Marketing's job is to help to get that brand and that level of awareness out there that when you say something that people are hearing your name for the second time and having a little bit of interest. But there is no, hey, you're not doing account-based marketing, so go do account-based marketing. That could be true for somebody who's at a certain like enterprise level. But I think that where you're going to find your success is when you start approaching your salespeople as unique individuals who what they need to be successful is going to be 100% different than the person that sits next to them, right? It's what are their strengths, double down on their strengths, 
and then really help them and handhold them with their opportunity areas. But if the person that's lowest on a team looks to see what the person that's best on the team is doing and tries to just copy that, they're going to fail 10 out of 10 times because they're not going to sound authentic when they get that chance on the phone or that chance in an email. And that's where I see the rub. And that's where I can invest in people. Yeah, that's an interesting insight. Like it might not necessarily even be the channel, but it's more the timing, a right place, right time and all that. And that's interesting insight. I think I think it must have been like Y Combinator. Like there's a study once, like what leads to a successful startup? And I believe timing was number one on the list of is it the right timing for product market fit? All that stuff. So interesting insight. When I was at Vanguard, they did a study and they like interviewed all the financial advisors, as many as they can grab. And they were like, what makes these guys successful? How come some guys are managing billions of dollars and how come some guys like can't seem to get that first million of AUM under management? And everybody's natural inclination would be like, this person is a performer. They get outsized returns or this person has a really tight sales pitch or this person handles like really complex tax situations. And really what it all boiled down to is the people that were most successful were the people who responded fastest to messages. When people reached out, did they respond right away? That made them 40% more successful than all the other advisors out there based on all the other attributes that there were there. So there's a certain level of being prepared to be the right person when they pick up the phone, but also to do the right things. And it's like everybody has the ability to control the effort. And if you figure out yourself and you control the effort, like all of a sudden those things that people call luck, like start to happen a lot more for you. Absolutely. Let's wrap up here by talking about BDR teams. So I think a lot of folks out there in sales are growing their BDR teams just to get the pace of outreach going and all that. You mentioned something interesting about pairs and what you've learned that I'd love for you to explain it. Yeah, this story has been over-highlighted internally too. There was this situation where we were living in Boulder, Colorado, and I kind of envisioned what most people in Boulder, Colorado picture, like a little piece of farmland, and we'd start out, we'd have a couple dogs, a couple chickens, and we'd get a goat. And then I found out you can't get a goat. The goat needs to live in pairs. They're herd animals. They need to be around each other. And the idea in sales is always like run as lean as possible, right? Don't get caught up in that bad sales math of I had one more BDR, I had one more account executive, and that equals 1 million of new AR, right? Don't do the bad sales math. At the same time, like you need to make the minimum investment, which is two people. So you have two data points. So you have two places of reference. So you can figure out like what is working and is it tied to a person or is it tied to an activity? If you don't have those data points, like you're never gonna be able to iterate and it's gonna take you so much longer to pitch drive. So the long story short philosophy for me is you always need two goats. Absolutely, I love that. As we're wrapping up here, any last words of advice you have for others in sales out there? I think everything is to the individual and the people that you work with. And I would just encourage you to like really evaluate what it is that you want to do. Are you waking up passionate? Because if you wake up passionate about the company, the product, what it is that like you're selling, because like you touched on what's working like on these cadences or what's not working, it's like selling at least from what we do has been removed from something you, you do to, onto somebody in terms of a persuasion or a technique and something that you do with somebody in terms of like actively listening, seeing if there's a mutual fit and then taking down the blockers to make the purchasing process frictionless. 
But like, if you're in a place where you don't feel like the product is right, the people around you are right, like you're going to find that it's very hard for you to find where your ceiling is. And so I would say my advice to anybody would be like, there is always tomorrow. Like you always get to turn the page. It's just, you got to make sure you're on the right book. And right now I've never felt like stronger than ever in terms of the place, the product. And I make sure to like gut check with everybody who's involved in a process on my team that they feel that way too. Cause there's just no way to be successful without it. You got to smile you got to be happy. Yeah. Absolutely. Zach, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate you joining today. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Brad. I appreciate it a lot.